Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. I will be at the Andy Nola Pecan House later today doing a book signing, my first time uh, visiting there. I'll be there today from 2 to 4. So if you're in the area, come on out, get signed books for all the Bulldogs on your list. I'll give you a bigger schedule of uh, the weekend later in the show. But uh, that's where I'm going to be today. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I'm recording earlier today. So we can go ahead and get this get this handled and get going. It is an off week for Mississippi State, as you guys are well aware, an unscheduled open date. Uh, you know, it's just kind of part of the deal. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, I wish we could have played because I feel like the last couple of weeks we have played pretty well. And I felt like Missouri was a game that uh, certainly was a winnable game for us. Uh, they've run the football exceptionally well here as of late. And I think we're kind of a bad matchup for them. I think their secondary is a little bit shaky, and I think their pass rush is decent. Uh, but I believe we would have been able to score against them. I think we could have made them somewhat one-dimensional. They can run the football, and I really like Beatty a lot. I really do. I think he's kind of an unsung hero on that team, kind of a uh, third down back for them. But uh, we won't get to play them yet. We expected to play them on the 19th, even though there has been no official announcement of that. And uh, let's go ahead and change the order of things right now. Let's go ahead and uh, maybe jump to previewing the league this weekend since uh, we're not playing. Even though we're not playing, there's some good games this weekend. I mean, it's a pretty good schedule. I mean, if, if you're going to have a weekend off and have a chance to sit home and watch some college football, it's a pretty good weekend. Pretty good weekend, for sure. Let's run it down here real quick for you. A&M is on the road at Auburn, and that's number five A&M in the FBS playoff poll. It's how crazy is that to think about, that A&M is right there. Kind of gives you some hope for the future, right? <laughs> it's like – Alabama absolutely destroyed A&M, but now A&M would have a chance to potentially play for a national championship. I mean, this goes to show you that one game doesn't define a season. Auburn has been so hit or miss, but they've been pretty good at home. I, I just think that – I don't know that Auburn has the defensive ability to slow down Isaiah Spiller. And I think Kellen Mond – has improved so much as a passer, being able to read defenses and understand protections and see where the blitz is coming from and to work the hot reads. I think he's going to have a good ball game. I, I really do. And uh, I think A&M wins this ball game. It's probably a very competitive game, but I think A&M is going to win. Moved along here. Arkansas is at Missouri. I'm taking Arkansas in the game. Again, I, I think the Mizzou running game is very formidable, but I think Barry Odom and that Arkansas defense has been very, very good. That secondary to Arkansas, very, very good. I like Arkansas in the game. Missouri, again, kind of a difficult place to play at home. It's not even like an SEC venue. If you've been up there, you know, we were up there in 15 and it poured down rain. It was awful. But we found a way to win the ball game. And, uh, you know, Drew Locke, of course, was just kind of coming into his own there at Mizzou. But uh, it is a different deal. And uh, then you're going to play them earlier in the day. And so it kind of even takes even more of the atmosphere out. But I do like Arkansas. I think they're headed in the right direction. Uh, Florida is at Tennessee. Did you hear this about Jeremy Pruitt that some, some fan called into the call-in show and said, hey, coach, when are you going to figure out you're not a ball coach and going back to Alabama? Um, you know, here's the deal. I mean, it's like, you know, I understand asking people the tough questions, but that that's, that's kind of an idiotic question. I mean, let's be honest. That's a mean-spirited deal, and I understand the frustration, and I thought Pruitt handled it really well. I think he was a little bit taken aback at first, but then he goes, hey, man, listen – I get you're frustrated. We're frustrated too, man. We're trying to work hard to get this thing turned out. And I think it's sometimes it's, we, we forget the coaches are people. Now, they're well-paid people, okay? So they ought to have a little thicker skin. And I think, again, I think Pruitt handled it pretty well. But uh, I, I, that just kind of goes to show you where, where they are as a program right now. They've lost five games in a row. You know, the big talk early in the season was how they had, you know, hadn't lost since they beat Mississippi State last year. And, and now they haven't won in forever, it seems. They've had a lot of uh, scheduling uh, issues because of COVID. But, uh, you know, Dan Mullen can lock up Atlanta this weekend. Memory serves me correctly. Here we are about to be December the 5th, and then the SEC Championship game is scheduled for December 19th. And uh, he's got a one-game lead over Georgia. So he wins this weekend in Knoxville, a job that he was uh, willing to take before the Florida job came along. And he wraps up the SEC East. Dan Mullen headed to Atlanta. How about that? And so I think because of that, Florida comes out with a real sense of urgency. That is the CBS game. I like Florida in it. I do think it's a tussle early, but I think Florida will find a way to put it away late. 
Vanderbilt visiting Georgia. Vanderbilt simply playing out the string. Georgia trying to uh, kind of stay in the mix there for a better ball game. And Georgia's a different team with JT Daniels, a quarterback. This is a blowout in the making. South Carolina is at Kentucky. I mean, does anybody outside of these two respective fan bases even care about this game? I would say no. Uh, South Carolina, of course, playing with an interim coach. Kentucky, once again, does not live up to media expectations. I mean, it's I, I, I don't understand it. It's in, the Kentucky Media Relations Department must be one of the best in the country. Because every year we've got SEC media saying this is the year for Kentucky. Listen, the window for Mark Stoops in Kentucky is officially closed. It is officially closed. When they went in there and beat Tennessee the way they would do, they did, we all thought, wow, wait a minute, look at this. But they're not. They're just another mediocre team in the SEC. And uh, the, the problem they have, too, is in many respects they're kind of at the end of a talent cycle. And so with uh, – you know, with South Carolina about to make a coaching change, Vanderbilt about to make a coaching change, I think you're going to see Kentucky kind of dip back down below 500 most years. Alabama at LSU, and uh, I don't think this matters. I think you, you could probably play this in Ed Orgeron's backyard out there and cut off Louisiana. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to make any difference. I don't see any way that LSU has any advantage in this game. And don't forget what Ed Orgeron said Post game after LSU beat Alabama last year. I'm not going to repeat it on the show because this is a family friendly show. But Ed caught on video, and and that's another story in and of itself. The sanctity of the locker room should always be protected. But in this day of social media, you know everybody wants to get a snap or a you know a, a post for the gram or whatever. And they got video when the players did of Ed Orgeron uh, using some profanity and addressing Alabama. You know, there's a part of me I'm like, you know what? You don't want him to talk, you got to beat him. But at the end of the day, those things, those videos last forever. And you better believe Nick Saban and his staff have kind of kept that in the in the locker room. I have been in the Alabama locker room during game week before. I can't even remember who they were playing. But they had pictures up on all the weight machines of the, the key players. You know, so everybody can focus. This is who we're playing. This is who we're dealing with. And all over there, all over their facility, there was stuff about the upcoming opponent. You better believe Nick Saban didn't have to say anything. All he's got to do is just turn the video on, and then turn the dogs loose. Alabama wins this game huge. I think Nick Saban sends a message in this one. I think Alabama sends a message in this one. I, I look for Alabama to rout LSU in Tiger Stadium, which will only. Add some volume to those out there that wanted Orgeron gone. And you say, well, Steve, there's no way that they get rid of him this year. I think yes way, Ted. I don't expect it unless he is linked to the scandal uh, that we've seen that's kind of made the news here as of late. But there are a lot of people in Baton Rouge that wanted Orgeron gone. And they kind of realized that they had kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year uh, with Joe Brady and Joe Burrow. And, and look at what Joe Brady's doing now with Carolina. I mean, you know, and so – you know, the, the honeymoon's over, Ed, and uh, there, this is going to be an embarrassing game. I agree with uh, the Twitter folks that said that Ed Orsron's the next Gene Chizik. You know, that he'll win an AFL championship and be gone in two years. I, I think this time next year, LSU has probably already made a coaching change if it doesn't happen. You know, because that's the thing. If he's linked to this scandal, then they could fire him for cause. And they get out of that whole buyout thing. I mean, so those are the things you think about. But that's the SEC schedule. Again, let me turn on your winners here real quick in case you forgot. I think we all probably see it the same way. A&M over Auburn, Arkansas over Missouri, Florida over Tennessee, Georgia over Vandy, Kentucky over South Carolina, and then Alabama over LSU. Big week for the road teams this week. Bulldog Burger Company, they're, they're here to be your home team when you're on the road. Great people, great food, great prices, and two great locations to serve you. Bulldog Burger Company, part of a great family of restaurants that have served the Golden Triangle for many, many, many years. I encourage you to go by and check them out. You're going to have a good meal. It's going to be a great experience. You're probably not going to finish your meal, but that's okay. How many times do you go somewhere and you get the meal and you think, you know what? Man, I'm still hungry. That's not the case when you go to Bulldog Burger Company. They give you more food than you could ever eat. So you go, you're going to eat. You're going to take some stuff home. Maybe you give it to your dogs. Maybe you reheat it, whatever. But you're going to get a substantial portion, well worth the money, when you go to Bulldog Burger Company. I recommended the smokehouse to somebody just yesterday. Say, hey, Steve, I'm checking out Bulldog Burger Company. What should, what should I get? Go get the smokehouse. 
Go check it out. It's good. It's great. Bulldog Burger Company, two locations, right here on University Drive in Starkville and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. And if you're looking for a place to watch a ball game this weekend and just kind of be able to be social, Bulldog Burger Company can do that. You can order an adult beverage there or have a night out with the family. Go by, check it out, enjoy college football at Bulldog Burger Company. All right, since we were together, the Mississippi State women's basketball team had a blowout win in Humphrey Coliseum over the Lady Privateers of the University of New Orleans, 106 to 51. Let me just run down this box for you real quick, okay? State wins the first quarter 25 to 9. They win the second quarter 32 to 19. Third quarter 26-14 and fourth quarter 23 to 9. Easy to get to 100 points when you're doing 25 a quarter, right? Great, great win regardless of the quality of competition. Running down some numbers here for you, too. You're looking at this team. We have we are incredibly balanced. And that was one of the things, you know, Nikki McCray Pinson had said that, you know, she'd you're probably a year or so away from being able to run the full scope of her offense. And granted, the quality competition wasn't great. We're going to have people, you know, kind of banging inside with Jessica Carter. But uh, Jessica Carter leads you in scoring 23 points, 9 of 12 from the floor, 5 of 7 from the line, 10 rebounds. That, that's a stat line we'll take every single night, right? No matter who we're playing. Jemiah Mingo Young, 18 points herself in 25 minutes of action, 8 of 9 from the floor. How about that? 2 of 2 from the line, 8 rebounds, just 2 fouls, 5 assists, and 0 turnovers. That'll work. Rakia Jackson, you know, and here's the thing about Rakia. It's like she goes out and puts up, you know, a dozen or so points, and people think, oh, okay, well, she just had a decent game, and the next time you see her, she's got 30. Well, she's a volume shooter, but not in the Victoria Vivian sense, and what I mean by that is Rakia's probably her, her make percentage, her field goal percentage is going to be a little bit better. 28 minutes of action, 7 of 16 from the floor, hits just the one, three, and four attempts, pulls down five rebounds, does get in a little bit of a foul trouble problem, but has 16 points, a couple turnovers. We've got to do a little better with that, but uh, she will be the centerpiece. And that's the thing is Rakia Jackson can have an average night, and we win by 50-something. Sydney Cooks in the starting lineup, 18 minutes, four of seven from the floor, has nine points, three rebounds, four assists, one turnover, and also played without getting any fouls. Maya Taylor, your point guard, the point guard, 29 minutes of action. How about that? 29 minutes, two of four from the floor, uh, one, hits one or three from three-point line, and pulls, up, pulls down three rebounds, five assists, just the one turnover, two steals, five points. You know, she has some games that she's going to score a lot, and other games she's going to distribute a lot, but uh, she is coming into her own. Yamaya Morris off the bench, pitches in 14. Aliyah Mataro puts an eight. Madison Hayes acclimating well as a young freshman with seven. Katarian Thompson with six. She has become a three-point marksman. That's exactly what this team needed, right? Another outside shooter. That was one of the things we, you know, the last couple of years, you know, we'd kind of gotten spoiled, you know, with Roe and Victoria and Blair. Uh, we'd kind of, you know, hey, we can shoot a three whenever we want to. And then we, then we were really more of a mid-range and, uh, you know, slide to the basket type team. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to be able to space you out a little bit and knock down some shots. And you added another another shooter to the, to the, the team in Thompson. I mean, it's like you begin – it's almost an embarrassment of riches. It really is. So, your ladies now 2-0, and and they really haven't been tested, and nor do we expect them to be. I am sure you've heard that South Carolina was upset, and a bit of a minor upset, I guess. North Carolina State takes down South Carolina last night. So, there will be a change – in the polls, uh, I guess you could see NC State jump us. It's possible, I guess, because of the fact that they beat the number one. They were ranked just behind us. But um, South Carolina is not unbeatable. They doubled down low, from what I understand, NC State did, and then uh, forced somebody else to beat them, and they didn't. So our Lady Bulldogs back in action on Saturday. They'll be at Tampa, Florida, to play U- U- University of South Florida. Reminder, the game next weekend – against Southern Miss has been canceled. That game was scheduled to be played in Hattiesburg, and so if you're making plans to attend, you need to make other plans. Not sure if there is another amendment to the schedule. We'll kind of wait and see. I guess it's always a possibility. But your next time to see the Lady Bulldogs in action is December 14th against Troy at Humphrey Coliseum. So if you're going to, if you're in the state of Mississippi, that's your next chance to see them. We'll see how things progress. But the, uh, the ball game this weekend – 
against USF will be on ESPN Plus, which means it'll be on the app and then also to the MSU Radio Network. So if you're interested in kind of keeping up with ladies, and you darn well should be, you should be able to watch and listen. All right, on the men's side of things, you know, we, we did pick up a win earlier this week, and uh, back in action again this weekend, as you guys are well aware. And so we're going to have uh, North Texas as our guest tonight, 7 p.m. tick at uh, Humphrey Coliseum. I know many of you are probably uh, making some plans this weekend, kind of getting out and do some cool things, but uh, make sure the men are part of your of your weekend. Let me look here and just make sure where we are with North Texas. I don't, I don't know if you know much about the Mean Green, but they are 1-1 one one this year. And uh, as I said earlier this week, they, they did beat Valley pretty good, and then they lose at Arkansas. So at this point in the in the season, you're just not really sure what to expect. They were expected to play A&M Commerce on Tuesday. That game was canceled. And the, all of these protocols for basketball are incredibly difficult. That's why I think this whole thing about the CDC uh, lowering the quarantine, I guess, from 14 to 7 with a negative test. And without it, without a test, it's 10 days. And so you're beginning to see the quarantine shortened. So perhaps that'll, that'll impact maybe some of this contact tracing and other things. Because if you look at the model the way that it is, it is going to be next to impossible for us to, uh, to get through the men's and women's basketball season without a ton of cancellations. Those are the things you look at and you think about and you begin to realize, you know, some of the things that work for football won't work for basketball. And maybe we're learning some things. And I know around our state, we've seen a spike in cases. And then around the country, we've seen that. And uh, you know, a lot of that maybe used to post-Thanksgiving Day spike. I got some people in my family that are COVID positive, And thankfully, you know, most of them are having very mild symptoms. Haven't had anybody hospitalized. Thank the good Lord. and Hope that doesn't happen. But, um, you know, it, it, it impacts all of us. And I think at some point, we're all probably going to get it. You know, some worse than others. But uh, I just hope that you're doing the right things. And, you know, and pray that you guys are all healthy. Because there are some people out there that uh, that have had to deal with this, and it's been fatal. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com dot com forward slash boneyard be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever let's face it friends we live in uncertain times security probably more important now than ever before that's why it's important to keep you your family your property safe by working with my friends at eufy that's e-u-f-y dot com let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. Got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, It's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. And that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last 
around four months and you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. And we'll get some college sports and pro sports for our entertainment. And uh, there was a time there we didn't know that was possible. And, and I don't I don't want to take any of that for granted. Because I remember what it was like when we're, you know, when they, when they had, uh, I guess it was the China Basketball Association, went back to Korean baseball, went back to work first. And we were so desperate for entertainment, we'd watch that, you know. And so, you know, I can't give you any code of conduct, but I'll just tell you that, uh, you know, I'm not taking any of these games for granted. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's a lot of people out there that can't deal with uh, with what we're having to deal with. And um, we got a lot of vulnerable people in our population. So my hope is just that uh, we can get through this and, and hopefully this uh, vaccine deal works or whatever. And I'm not going to get political, but any that sort of stuff. I, I just want this to be over with, like all of you. All right, let's get to the top 10 list brought to you by the fine folks at my bookie. You got a lot going on. And listen, you need to have some skin in the game. If, you, if, you're, if you're a person that likes to make every game a little bit entertaining, my book is a place for you. They can tease you. They can give you parlays. They can give you prop bets, all that good stuff. But use promo code Boneyard when you go. Go to my bookie. And use promo code Boneyard. And that will unlock an offer for you. They will match your initial deposit up to $1,000 at 50%. So if you are betting 200 bucks, they're going to give you $100 worth of house money to play with. And, of course, you got to keep playing with it. I mean, you can't just go cash out. But there's so many good things out there. You know, we've got uh, – you know, we're in, the, we're in the thick of the NFL playoff chase. We're getting ready to have the, uh, you know, the, the bowl games and the regular season is going to end, and we're going to have conference championships and the FBS playoffs. And so there's a lot of opportunities for you to get some skin in the game and perhaps cash in. You, you're, you're one of those kind of people, too, that you probably win your office pool – you know, you do the little pick em thing every week and you always win that. Well, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Well, why not get paid for your football knowledge and go to my bookie? Again, use promo code Boneyard to activate that offer. Your deposit matched up to $1,000 to 50%. So if you do, if you deposit $1,000, they'll give you $500. It's pretty simple math. That's promo code Boneyard at my bookie. Today's top 10 list recommended by Jennifer Barnett, who is a huge Boneyard fan, a huge Mississippi State fan, and a huge music fan. We have a lot of discussions on Facebook at times about music. So if you know Jennifer and her family, they're great folks. They're big Bulldog fans. And uh, she said, hey, Steve, have we done a top 10 list of heart? And she's right. We have not. So we're going to do that today. I love heart, man. I tell you what, it's one of those things, too, where you look at rock music and then you look at heart's place in that, you know, when they first hit the scene and then you look at how they have sustained themselves, you know, through natural talent. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that uh, can write a cool song and they have a little, you know, flash in the pan or whatever. But when you look at Anna and Nancy Wilson, they are near the top of all time when it comes to female artists. I mean, incredible talents. Nancy Wilson, um, great guitar player. Uh, great singer as well. You know, Anne has the uh, the big voice, but uh, Nancy's pretty good in her own respect. And one of her songs also makes the list. So here's our top 10 hard uh, songs. Before we do, let me give you the honorable mentions. Nothing at all. I was close on that one. I really, I, I dig that track, but I thought there's too many other things in the catalog that are a little more worthy. And then Dog and the Butterfly. That goes back a few years. I would be remiss if I didn't mention, and you can see this video on YouTube. Hart's version of Stairway to Heaven with John Paul Jones and Robert Plant and Jimmy Page in attendance. I believe it was at the Ford Center. 
And uh, it was perhaps the best cover of that song that I've ever, ever witnessed. And then to watch the way that Robert Plant and those guys responded to those big notes that uh, Annie Wilson was putting out there. Go check it out. It's on YouTube. You can see it for yourself. Just Google it. You know, Stairway to Heaven, Heart. I, I'm almost positive it's the Ford Center. But, man, it was so great. It's not their song, but I didn't want to mention Heart without mentioning that because uh, it is such a great rendition. Okay, here we go. Number 10, Kick It Out. Cool little track there. Good looking guitar riff, too. Number nine, we mentioned our Nancy Wilson song. Here it is. This, I believe this one's number one. This has been Hart's, um, you know, probably their heyday in the uh, mid to late 80s was These Dreams. Number eight, one that goes back a few years to even it up. I like the vocal not one a lot. Number seven, one of the best selling singles of Hart's career caused a little bit of controversy, and I understand it. But also, uh, I dig the track. It's all I want to do is make love to you. And really, if I'm being brutally honest with you, most of the time, all I want to do is make love to you. I don't want to have like a life or anything with you or anything or like pay bills and that sort of stuff. But uh, but anyway, yeah, so that was a huge controversial song. And if if you don't know the song, well, go listen to it. You know, it's a you know, it's it's about a a lady that steps out and and gets pregnant. But um, Cool track. Whether you agree with the sentiment or not, performed really well. Number six, and I, I, I polled some people on this house, around this house, and they felt this song should be higher, and some of you may think so. I don't. It's my list. Number six is Magic Man. Like, oh, that's already the number six? It's way down at six. It's a great tune. I don't like it as much as the other ones. And I just know some of you are going to like pan my number five song, and that's cool, too. We, you can afford to be wrong. I'm okay with you being wrong. But it's who will you run to? Like that song a lot. It was a big hit for them. Probably should have been an even bigger hit. Great, great, great vocal on that one. And and it's almost being repetitive because Annie Wilson's such a great vocalist. Every song has got a great vocal. Number four, another ma- massive hit for them on MTV was Alone. How Do I Get You Alone? Number three, another another one. Another, another just towering vocal performance by Ann Wilson is What About Love. But we're going back for the final two. We're going back to the, you know, probably when Hart broke through and was one of the biggest bands in the world. It's crazy on you. I love the guitar on this track. Absolutely love it. It's got that, that opening riff that kind of rides along with the chorus there. I mean, it's like you, it's one of those riffs. It's very recognizable. You kind of, as soon as you hear it, you're like, "Oh yeah, I know this one. I know this one." But if we're picking hard songs, you know what it has to be, right? I mean, the number one hard song of all time, and as great as they were with the ballads, and they had some adult contemporary stuff, and they've done some stuff in later years that have been, it's kind of been a little bit folksy, I guess. But man, to me, the definitive hard song. It's got to be Barracuda, right? It has to be. So number one on the list, Barracuda. Great driving guitar riff, incredible vocal, a biting chorus. The percussion on it is great. It's such a well-written song in every aspect. But that's a top ten list for today. Heart. Man, the first ladies of rock, man. Love, love, love heart. Thanks for the suggestion, Jennifer. Glad we got a chance to vibe over some tunes here today. If uh, you have ideas for the top 10 list and you guys consistently keep them coming, sometimes they're repeats, and I have to tell you guys, hey, I've already done that one, but I lose track sometimes. I do. But uh, this is a good one. And uh, I thought to myself, it's a shame that I haven't done this already. We've been doing these three days a week now for uh, for nine months. It's almost nine months, and uh, we hadn't done heart. So to all of you heart fans out there, I apologize for the uh, the, the perhaps perceived slight I love heart, and uh, it's one of those. It's such good driving music too, and that's I spend so much time in the car. I absolutely love riding around, listening to heart, and uh, I've got a little playlist sometimes that I'll I'll pull up there, and, and you know you know how it is when you get an earworm, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I forgot this song, I forgot that song, and next thing I know, I'm starting to download all these tracks, you know. Uh, but I've got one for next week. One of my favorite artists of all time. We're going to talk about him next week and his band. It's not 80s rock either, smart guys. No, it's not. I don't know that he's ever used any hairspray, but uh, he does have some lengthy hair. But uh, 
we're going to get the blues out a little bit next week. So I, I, that's a little teaser there. I've got one. And if, if you know me well, and not many of you do, this is probably one of my most trusted traveling companions. When I travel, especially when I have those long, long, long drives, seven, eight, nine hours, me and this guy make most of those miles together. I want to thank our friends at Campus Bookmark, man, not just for being our friends and sponsoring this show, but just being awesome. I mean, just being great people, people that are specialized in uh, providing Mississippi State merchandise to you folks for many, many years. You can go by and see them at Campus Bookmark right there off campus, ironically enough. But if you can't make it to town, let me encourage you to shop online. And listen, with all that's going on in the world right now, online shopping seems like a good move, right? So visit them at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Miss Kathy Brown, Stand the Man, the lovely, talented Susie, everybody up there, they'll take care of you. And listen, it's not just a gig to them. You know, they understand when they, when they load up your Christmas packages and, hey, somebody's getting this for Christmas, it's special to them. It's special to them. It is. They're special people, man. I feel like family up there when I go. And it's not just because of the fact that we've got a working relationship. They treated me like that long before they were advertising on this show. Very, very proud to partner with Campus Bookmark. You will be, too. All right. So let's get into uh, let's get into some recruiting stuff, right? And we've got just less than two weeks to go before the early signing period opens. There's a lot of noise out there. And so I'm going to do my best to kind of, you know, calm the masses a little bit. And I, and I give Paul Jones a lot of credit yesterday. I was out most of the day. And Paul kind of addressed some of these issues head on. That's one of the things that I have learned over the years is when there are bad rumors out there or there are you know, biting rumors that perhaps it, maybe they're true, but they're negative to Mississippi State. The best way to deal with that is to go get on the phone rather than just kind of hope and pray that things are OK. You can get on the phone and say, OK, listen, here's what we're hearing, what's going on. You, know, you call sources, you call the players, you call the coaches, you call as many people as you can. And a lot of a lot of players don't want to talk this time of year because they're sick and tired of the recruiting process. They're tired of being interviewed and they're ready to get all this behind them. But there are some people that kind of major in misinformation. They love this kind of this time of year because they love they love to 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 spew rumors and then to watch it spread among rival fan bases. You know, that's I guess that's one of the biggest differences between me and them is when I say something like that, it's true. It's true. And I think that's one of the reasons they're probably so scared of me. It's because when I do say something, they know that there is some facts behind it. I don't just get out here and, you know, spin yarns and just to make people get uncomfortable. That's not how I live my life. There are other people that do. And uh, I'm going to have a whole lot more to say about that once we get through signing day. You go ahead and write that down. That, that, that Friday after signing day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some things to say about some of the things that were reported. And when I say reported, let's put that in Dr. Evil quotes, reported. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So, okay, since we were together, Brandon Buckhalter is no longer a member of the Mississippi State uh, signing class. And here's the deal. That's a surprise to absolutely nobody. Nobody. I mean, listen, the kid has said all the right things. And I, at, the, at the end of the day, I think Brandon Buckhalter is a very good player. And I think that he is a good kid. I don't, I don't, I don't think that he's a guy that really wants to play games. I think there's some people around him that want to play some games. But at the end of the day, he is not going to make or break our class. And when when he goes to Ole Miss, he's not going to make or break their class. But I hope he goes up there and gets his college degree and meets his wife and has a great career and loses every egg bowl he plays in. That's my that's my sincerest hope. But I harbor no ill will towards Brandon Buckhalter. If he thinks that is the best path. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that for him, then by all means, go do it. I just hope it's being done for the right reasons and not because some people around him are manipulating the situation for their own gain. That's what I hope. Uh, and so Brandon Buckhalter is gone. Now, here's the thing, too, I think it's important to note. And maybe uh, you guys didn't catch this, but we picked up a commitment from Rodarius Thomas out of Eufaula, Alabama, in advance of Brandon Buckhalter's decommitment. So you guys have kind of known all along that we're looking to sign four wide receivers. Then all of a sudden we have a fifth guy commit 
I wouldn't say totally out of nowhere, but we have a fifth guy commit. And then people are like, well, wait a minute. I thought we were only going to sign four. Well, there's your answer. Here's your sign. It's Jeff Foxworth. You said, was it Jeff who said that? But anyway, here's your sign. We're going to sign four, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, we commit five, and then somebody decommits. You can do the math from there. We're looking to sign four receivers unless there's a spot available for a best available late. But uh, Brandon Buckhalter, I'm sure, go ahead and commit to Ole Miss and sign with them. And listen, again, go up there, have a good career, do what you got to do, kid. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine with us. A lot of discussion, too, about MJ Daniels. And some of that has originated on the other side. And I want to I I address this. Let's, I'm going to give you guys a timeline on this MJ Daniels stuff, okay? MJ Daniels. It's been a kind of an entertaining recruit at times this cycle, for sure. So the talk, you know, once MJ Daniels had uh, had committed to Ole Miss is that he was a good player. A lot of people wanted to see him in camp to kind of figure out what he was position-wise. Well, then all the crazy stuff happens, and they close his recruitment down, and they close the camps down, and everything else. Well, the next thing you know, you know, Mississippi State and others begin to offer him a scholarship. And I had some people close to him that said, hey, you know, he kind of committed to Ole Miss because that's it's, kind of all he had at the time. He's still open to some other schools. But according to the Ole Miss fan base media, oh, no, he's locked in. Ole Miss is in his heart. And I, I'm, I don't know what, what phrase irritates me more, the abundance of caution, the flat and the curve, or uh, Ole Miss is in his heart. Because uh, none of those things proved to be true, uh, but it, but be that as it may, that was a talk. It's an Ole Miss is in his heart; he's going to stick. Well, then we put out. Well, he's gonna, we put out between Paul Jones and I. We had a consensus opinion, and Paul and I don't always talk to the same people, which is why I think sometimes that our information vibes a little bit better than others. Is because we're kind of getting our information kind of independently, and then we kind of get together and kind of compare notes, and uh, and sometimes we don't always agree. And sometimes he's right, and sometimes I'm right. But I think that's the kind of the value and the strength in our side is, that, you know, we don't just depend on one person to say, hey, here's what's going to happen. I've learned from experience that sometimes one person's wrong. So we built up a pretty good, you know, network of sources over the years, and we compare notes, and we talk to people, and then we give you guys information. But everything that we had heard about MJ Daniels back then is that, yeah, he's fixing to reopen this thing. He might even flip to Mississippi State. And that's when State was really rolling, rolling big this summer. And so he decommits from Ole Miss. And again, the Ole Miss fan base media said, no, he's not going to decommit. He decommits. Then we began to hear that MJ Daniels was about to commit to Mississippi State. But the Ole Miss fan base media was suggesting it's Ole Miss and Texas A&M. You know, I think even Florida got in a mention for a while in Georgia. Then all of a sudden he releases a top four and Ole Miss not listed. You know, and then like – let me back up a second. I think you put a top six or a top seven and state wasn't listed. And I, well, I was telling people that didn't mean anything. That, that didn't mean anything. And, of course, the Ole Miss fan base media latches on that. So I guess with MJ Daniels, not as close to Mississippi State as they suggested. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, the top two comes out and it's, yeah, Mississippi State gets this commitment. And, and I said then it's going to be a roller coaster with MJ until the end. But let's be fair to the kid here. It really hadn't been a roller coaster. It really hadn't. There really hadn't been, you know, this emotional up and down that we all expected. Now, here we are in the end, and some people are saying, oh, well, he's going to flip to Ole Miss. And I would venture to say, look at their track record. They've been wrong about MJ Daniels the entire way. So now all of a sudden here at the end, they're supposed to be right. MJ Daniels uh, is informing you know, your Mississippi State staff, whenever anything happens, when somebody contacts him, you know, he's showing some real loyalty to the staff. Now, the kid might flip tomorrow, but I'll be surprised if he does. MJ, again, saying all the right things. And I can't remember the last time that Ole Miss actually signed a player from George County. MJ Daniels has spent several weekends on the Mississippi State campus this year. And you say, well, Steve, how can he do that? Well, number one, he's a free American citizen. And uh, his cousin, Dylan Lawrence, is on the football team at Mississippi State. So he's been able to come up here and visit, and he's been to Ole Miss once, and that was to watch Mississippi State play in the Egg Bowl. So we talk all the time about, you know, the, the whole Brandon Buckholder thing, and people are like, you know what, he, hey, he's been there, I think, four or five, old, or been to four Ole Miss games. That's concerning. And you know what? You're exactly right. 
deeds mean more than words. He's saying the right things about Mississippi State. However, he's going to Ole Miss football games. And how he got those tickets, I guess, is somewhat of a mystery, right? And so the flip side of that is, if that standard applies to Brendan Buckhalter, then the, the same standard applies to MJ Daniels. Because he has been to watch Mississippi State play. And his words kind of match his deeds a little bit. You know, he's not out there saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm solid with Ole Miss, but I'm going to Mississippi State games. You know, and so I just think conventional wisdom would suggest if he says that he's going to sign with Mississippi State and that he's attending Mississippi State games and coming up here at his own expense to come to Starkville, I, I think you can take him at his word. But I've been covering recruiting long enough to know that things change. But I think right now you can feel pretty confident that MJ Daniels wants to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. He really has no connections to Ole Miss, despite what their people have said. Are they going to keep recruiting him? You better believe it. Absolutely. And they'd be fools not to. But they can't have in-home visits. They can't have official visits. You know, they just got to get on the phone. All right, let's talk about McKaywin Pounders. Offensive lineman out of Bahalia. Huge win for Mississippi State early on. And listen, it's been dicey at times. I mean, it has. You know, he, you know he's come out and he's recently put out a top five. You know, he's committed but puts out a top five. And, and, and that, that stuff doesn't go over well. Okay, it just doesn't. And I understand some guys that commit early kind of lose their hype a little bit. And all of a sudden here at the end, you know, this guy's getting interviewed and there's an article about this guy and everybody's talking about this guy on the radio. I mean, I, I get it. I understand it. But the information that we have is McKaylen Pounders is going to sign with Mississippi State. He was talking about waiting to sign on in February. Then he decided, no, I'm going to go ahead and do this in December and get it over with. He hadn't been to Ole Miss. Nick Jones calls McKaylen Pounders his younger brother. Jordan Davis, one of McKaylen Pounders' best friends. Well, they're both Bulldogs. And so when you begin to look at this intellectually, and of course, you know, not everything makes sense in, you know, in recruiting. But McKaylen Pounders, the infrastructure for him to be successful is, is there. He's going to have some built-in relationships with Mississippi State players when he gets here. You know, he has said more than once, Mississippi State's where I want to go to school. And listen, again, I don't blame Ole Miss for continuing to recruit him. But, it, you know, we have said consistently that, you know, hey, it's going to be a bit of a, you know, we're going to have to kind of hang in here and recruit him hard. But ultimately, we expect him to be in the class. I still expect that to be the case. And we're beginning to kind of see some white flags on the Ole Miss side of things where they're kind of saying, you know what, I think he's going to stick with State. I don't trust anything they say, <laughs> to be to be honest with you. When they say, ah, we're, we're backing off that kid, sometimes I think the effort intensifies. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because there are some people over there that would lie even if the truth was better. All right, earlier this week, uh, Mississippi State offered Albert Reese, offensive lineman out of Clearwater, Florida. He has a mom in Alberta, Canada, and a dad in Mobile, Alabama. Interesting dynamic, to say the least. Ole Miss had been on him really, really hard. There was a lot of discussion that he was probably going to flip from Rutgers to Ole Miss and then decided the blue, you know, you get a call from a friend in the industry and says, hey, I hear Mississippi State's about to offer Albert Reese. Before I could even get to the message boards, uh, Reese had uh, tweeted it out that he had an offer. And the discussion behind the scenes is, is that uh, you know, he really wants to play in the SEC. Something happened with he and Ole Miss. I haven't been able to get any details. I don't know if they elected to go in a different direction or if you know, perhaps he just decided it wasn't a place for him. Don't know anything about that. I just know that that relationship appeared to be really kind of moving along pretty well. And now out of the blue, State jumps in the mix and uh, Ole Miss is jumping out. And then uh, you know, there's some reports now that Ole Miss has kind of moved on from him. And so – uh, that's interesting. Six seven, two hundred ninety five pounds, and he's got a great offer sheet. And uh, you say, well, Steve, if he has all these great offers, why did he commit to Rutgers? Well, his mom lives in Alberta, Canada, so we, you know that was the thinking. Is okay, I'll be closer to her. And so now, if he goes in the SEC, he'll be closer to his dad. And so, I don't know the dynamics behind his family situation. I do know that we need offensive linemen. We have four committed: Reese or Barber would make number five. Reese and Barber are both expected to graduate in December and be able to enroll in January. And so if you pick up either one of those, then four of your five offensive line signees will be here in January and be able to go through spring practice. You heard that right. We need to add some competition to the room. We need to add some talent to the room. 
you see, so you add a couple of JUCO guys, and you add three high school guys, and then four of those five are able to enroll in January. Well, that's good news. They'll get the benefit of the entire spring and the off season, and be able to get in there and compete and kind of you know, contribute next year. I don't expect many high school linemen to be able to play early in this league. Okay, I'm not expecting that. But Carson Williams and uh, Nick Jones, junior college guys, Carson Williams, a D1 bounce back out of Arkansas State. Those guys are a little more physically and mentally mature. They're going to be able to get in there and get going. But I like the whole, you know, when you begin to look at the development pathway for these high school guys to be able, especially offensive linemen, to be able to graduate, get into this strength and conditioning program with Tyson Brown, get ahead academically. And then next year, you know, it's likely a redshirt year. You know, maybe they play their four games, maybe they don't. But I think long term, that extra semester and the, the full benefit of having, you know, the spring and summer with your strength and conditioning coach to lay a foundation is huge. Uh, Austin Barber is uh, set to have a virtual tour of the facilities. I, I guess I think it's tomorrow on Saturday. He is leaning towards making a decision very soon because he's got to make, he's got to make the call here. Uh, he's planning on signing in December. And so when you look at this offensive line recruiting, is it a great class? I, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a great class. I do think it is a good class. Uh, number one, there are two Power 5 offensive linemen in the state of Mississippi. That's McCallum Pounders and Gabriel Cavazos. Both of those players are committed to Mississippi State. And then you go out and get a couple guys from the junior college ranks to provide some competition. Those guys also happen to be products of Mississippi high schools. So when you look at the intangibles about all that, you say, you know what? Hey, it's pretty good here. we got four guys committed. All four of them are products of Mississippi schools. All four of them are you know, guys that have family here in Mississippi. Those guys traditionally won't transfer. And then you begin to look about, okay, we got to go outside the state and kind of supplement and see if we can't find another tackle somewhere. And so, and then we go get a guy that can be here in January. And so when you begin to look at the intangibles, you look at the size and you look at the fact that these guys can mostly be here in January, uh, that is very advantageous towards building to the future. Offensive linemen just develop at a different rate. They're bigger guys, and many of them, you know, kind of show up on campus out of shape, okay? And so then you've got to break them down, build them back up. And, and many of these guys have never really been pushed, never really been coached, and that's not to be disrespectful to any coach out there. I'm not saying that it's their fault. But a lot of times, especially in high school, guys get bound as being bigger and stronger than everybody, and they don't necessarily learn technique. They do just enough because that's all they're required to do, not necessarily by their coaches because the situation dictates that. If I can win – by going 75% full, you know, do I ever really learn to go hard? Do I ever really fire off the ball and give 100% every snap? Probably not, because you're going to extend the, the effort and the energy that is required to win the encounter. And then they get here, and all of a sudden they're lined up against somebody that's bigger, faster, stronger, more experienced. You know, guys, and this is where I don't think our, the casual fan gets it. When we had the opportunity to go watch fall camp, and, and hopefully eventually we'll have it back, it's crazy to see when those freshman four-star O-line, D-line guys get here and they're going through pads, pad drills for the first time, and our walk-ons are absolutely looking like All-Americans against these highly recruited guys because that's about experience. It's not about talent. It's about experience. And when you have guys that have been through you know, a, a college football season a couple times, and even if they didn't get a lot of snaps in the ballgame, they have had practice reps and all of a sudden they line up out there against a high school kid that really doesn't know anything, they expose them. It's, and it's a very, 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 very eye-opening experience. And so when you guys, if you ever get a chance to kind of practice, really watch that. Because you'll have, because all of a sudden you'll be like, man, who is that guy? He just made, uh, you know, that five-star kid look ridiculous. And it's some, you know, walk-on guy, you know, from, you know, from Buck Tussle, Mississippi, that his only other op- opportunity was to go to PRC or something, you know. But these offensive linemen develop at a different rate. And I like the fact that we're addressing the immediate need by getting a couple of junior college guys and then addressing the long-term need by getting some high school guys to get in that developmental pipeline. We're rebuilding the offensive line. And I, and I like the group we got now. I, I think they're playing hard. I think Cam Jones is playing hard. Charles Cross, of course. Sam Williams got him on a bull, a bull rush one time. And that's just going to be getting bigger and stronger. But Charles Cross has played pretty well the last couple of weeks. Looking down the list here, uh, Ty Cooper. Let's talk a little bit about Ty Cooper. You know, we uh, 
we've talked about him a lot. Defensive end out of Louisville, Mississippi. Uh, it's it's a state Ole Miss battle and really has been since Ole Miss offered. You know, state offered and Ole Miss right behind them. And so it's been like that throughout the process. That none of that's changed. Even this week, you know, we go from state's leader to Ole Miss's leader, state's leader. It, there's you know, that's how it's gonna be until he decides. And a lot of it, too, is because there are benefits to both sides of the program. He has a great relationship with Deke Adams at Ole Miss. He does. I would venture to say probably a better relationship with Deke than he has with Jeff Phelps. Yeah, that's just kind of what I get from talking to people in the area down there. Now, the flip side of that is is he also sees that uh, guys like Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons have gone to Mississippi State and made NFL millions. You don't really have that role model over on the other side. You look at it as, well, you know, when, when's the last time that Old Miss really put a, you know, a defensive lineman in the league that stayed there? We said, well, Robert Kimdichie, and, and what's he doing now? And I, I'm going to say this, and it may hurt some of your feelings, and then, to be honest with you, I don't care. Robert Kimdichie, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest busts. From a recruiting standpoint, the number one player in the country, you go look at his production level. Is it was Steve, you had a stack in the egg bowl. Yeah, he did. Look at his numbers compared to what Chris Jones did. Look at his numbers compared to what Jeff Simmons did. And then begin to ask yourself, is it any surprise that Chris Jones and Jeff Simmons are two of the best at their position in the game and Robert Kimdichie is out of football? That's the thing. <laughs> There's a lot of people that look good on the front of the media guide, and all of a sudden they got to get out there and play football, and all of a sudden people are like, well, what happened? There's all this revisionist history. So when you look at Mississippi State's ability to put defensive linemen in the league, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how many guys we have in the league right now. And so that's intriguing to Ty Cooper. Ty Cooper's like looking at this and saying, hey, listen, I want to go play in the league. I like football. I like money. I want to have a nice car. And so I could go to Mississippi State – because they have had a culture there of producing great defensive linemen. Yeah, they've been a coaching change there. But, I mean, listen, when you go look at what the guys have done, I mean, I want to be part of that fraternity. I want to have my name mentioned in connection with guys like Fletcher Cox and Chris Jones, Montez Sweat. If it was good enough for them, why can't it be good enough for me? Or I can go be like Benito Jones. You know, I can go to Ole Miss and and maybe, maybe, maybe I get an invite to, a, you know, maybe a draft workout or something. I mean, that's as simple as it can be. I mean, I mean, if, if you're looking at this strictly from a football point of view, and, and sadly, a lot of people don't, you know, you have to factor in the academic experience and, and all of that. I'm not trying to, to minimize that. But if, you're, if your aspirations are to play professional football, you need to go somewhere that produces professional football players. Simple as that. Now, I don't think it's quite that simple with Ty. I think there are some people in his life – uh, on both sides, I think there are some people that love him that would love to see him at Mississippi State. I think there are some other people that love him that think he's a better fit at Ole Miss. And that's what he ultimately has to figure out. And I think that's one of the reasons this process has been so complicated for him and, and somewhat stressful is because of the fact he has people that he loves on both sides. He is going to disappoint somebody. He is. This is the first real adult decision many of these young people ever make, and, and it's difficult. It's hard to tell adults no when you're 17 or 18 unless they're your parents. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, go take a trash out. No, I'm not going to do it. You know, that, that's easy to do. But when you have other people, you know, in your life, you know, that are invested in you, that uh, it's difficult sometimes to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. No, nah, coach, I appreciate it. I'm not going to do it. It's difficult to do. It's hard to do. And that's why they did, typically need their family to help them make that decision. But uh, Ty's going to get a chance to play for a state championship this weekend. Wish him the best. And I think he's a good player. I think he'd be a good player whether he goes to state or to Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, I, I think obviously it makes better sense to go to Mississippi State. And I know there's some people in his family that really want him at Mississippi State. So we'll see how that breaks out. Uh, yesterday you saw, too, Mississippi State picks up a commitment from uh, Randy Charlton. Randy Charlton, former Central Florida Defensive end, one of their best pass rushers. He has uh, elected to transfer to Mississippi State. That's big. We talked about how important it was to get an older DN, and there wasn't a lot of them out there. You know, we talked to some junior college guys, but they were going to be spring graduates, and that kind of slows things down for us, you know, because we need somebody to come in here and be part of this spring practice and be ready to go next year. So that's been an aspect of things. And you go out and you chase the old Dominion guy, you look at this other Miss guy, and all of a sudden, you know, 
uh, Charlton comes available. And, and here he is, chance to play in the SEC. He's a relentless pass rusher. And with Kobe Jones and Marquis Spencer both uh, moving on, expected to move on at the end of the year, probably uh, have a chance to go play some pro football themselves and join that same football fraternity. You got to have somebody. There's not a lot of depth behind those guys. I mean, you know, Jack Harris has shown some flashes. Aaron Odom probably playing the best football of his career, but he does not look like a guy that's ready to step in and start next year. So you got to have a guy that can go wide open. And so you go get Charlton. And I wouldn't rule out another older defensive lineman. I wouldn't. On the edge. I don't think we're going to take a tackle. I think we, we, assuming Pickering comes back and you feel good about Cam Young and J- Jaden Cromedy, and considering we run a 3-4, you know, there's not that huge demand for interior linemen. So I think we're okay there. But I wouldn't, you know, if we end up, you know, saying, taking one high school defensive end and uh, one more high school defensive end and then adding two uh, older transfer defensive ends, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. I would not rule that out at this point. All right, speaking of rolling things out, you need to make a move to Starkville. And not too many of you, because I don't want to have to wait, you know, I don't want to have to wait for a, a, a table. But if you're looking to relocate to Starkville or even within Starkville, give the folks at Portico an opportunity to serve you. It's a development right off Garrett Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn at the Cry, behind the Cryford Jeep dealership, just 1.1 miles from campus. Easy access to Highway 82 and 25, and, and, and if, you, if you're from here, anytime that you can avoid 12, you, you want to do that. There are going to be 51 houses total in the, in the complex, so it's not going to be a place that's going to be completely overrun. 18 houses in the first phase, and those are approaching completion now. 33 houses in the second phase, and that construction phase will begin uh, turn of the year or so. Houses are going to range in size from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, and two-bedroom, two-bath, up to four-bedroom, four-baths. They can accommodate any size family. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion area. It is a, uh, it's a good place and a good location, and uh, it's a great town. And here's the thing that I don't think people will tell you about. If you're not from here, you may not understand this, because I know that a lot of people, you know, you come to Starkville, because this is where Mississippi State plays their games, right? And so there's all these great venues and, and there's uh, great vendors here and restaurants. And so that becomes part of the Mississippi State game day experience. But once you live here, you understand there's so much more value to Starkville than just Mississippi State. And listen, that's, that's the main attraction. Don't get me wrong. But the people are here are great. I love it here. You can contact Brooks Bryan, former Diamond Dog outfielder Brooks Bryan, once robbed a home run against the University of Washington and send us to Omaha – you can call Brooks at 601-416-8075 to get more information about Portico. You should absolutely go check that out. All right. So if you guys are looking about books, and you should be, and many of you are, because I've had to sign books every day this week. Uh, online orders are rolling in. They get with me uh, most time a couple times a week, but I've had to sign books every day this week because they're trying to get those in the mail to you uh, within 24 hours. That's the plan anyway. They're trying to get the books out to you as quickly as possible. So, Go to alphadogsthebook.com. That's alpha, D-A-W-G-S, thebook.com. And you can order personalized copies of Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs. I write whatever you want. You want me to write Hell State? I write Hell State. You want me to write Go Dogs? I write Go Dogs. You want me to write Go to Hell Old Miss? I write that too. But you can get all three books. And listen, think about your smarmy Ole Miss brother-in-law or boss or whatever. He would love a copy of Flim Flam. He would. And he might... He might kind of glad hand you a little bit of the thing, but deep down in his heart, he wants to read that book anyway. He does. We've had a lot of Ole Miss readers, and I've had some contact me and say, you know what, Steve, I, it wasn't what I expected. I thought you were just going to take a hatchet to us. It was actually a really good book, and I appreciated it. That's about as nice as you're going to get from an Ole Miss fan when it comes to the book about their demise. But uh, you can go check those books out, and you order alphadogstobook.com. You can order them, and we'll send them wherever you want. All right, and so this week has been a busy week. I was at uh, Capitol Grill on Wednesday and then back at the Y'all Lifestyle Store on Thursday. Man, and it was so great because it was steady. Like, we had a good day, but it was steady because people would come in. I'd get a chance to visit with them, and as soon as they would leave, somebody else would come in. And I uh, got a chance to hang a bow a little bit and kind of visit. It's always great. And um, I've done three signings there at the Y'all Lifestyle Store. Go by and check them out there. They're in the township off uh, Madison Colony Parkway. Uh, right there in Ridgeland. And then uh, today, again, I'll be at the Indianola Pecan House in Indianola. That's going to run two to four. Looking forward to that. They've been carrying the books for a little while. This is my first signing over there. 
Okay, so Saturday, I'm going to be back in the Jackson area on Saturday. I'm going to be at College Corner. We're doing a twofer, okay? Going to make it easy for you guys. I'm going to be at the Ridgeland store from 11 to 1. That's College Corner and Ridgeland on Saturday, 11 to 1. And then 3 to 5 at the College Corner shore store on Flowood. Flowood. So 3 to 5 and Flowood. College Corner, 11 to 1 in Ridgeland, and then 3 to 5 on Flowood. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be in Houston, Mississippi at the Trendy House from 2 to 5. They're having their uh, the big Christmas open house thing. I'll be out there for all that. You guys have bought a lot of books, and uh, they told me that we're coming up on a really important milestone, and uh, it's really cool to think about. It's almost mind-boggling to think that, um, you know, that you guys have, have bought so many books, and uh, it's been the wild ride that it has, and uh, all of them been on the Mississippi bestseller list, which means more to me than I can ever fully express. But I uh, made the rounds earlier this week, and I've uh, been to Barnes & Noble and Ridgeland and been to uh, Lemuria and Jackson, and... Uh, Everywhere I go, you know, people are always so grateful, and they always say, hey, listen, you know, Steve, we're selling the book. The book's selling well. We're doing this. People seem to really like it. Uh, you know, when you sit down and you begin to work on all this stuff, you have this vision in your mind, and you think, okay, this is what I want. This is the stories that I want to tell. And then you never know where that takes you. But the thing that that is consistent with all three of the books is a sense of joy and pride to be able to tell these stories. And as great as Flim Flam was, it was a little nerve-wracking, too. You know, a lot of people didn't want me to write that book. And my only regrets about it all is I didn't do it sooner and, I, and that, I, that I pulled too many punches. But uh, I won't make that mistake again, I can assure you. And a lot of people continue to ask, Steve, you've, you've said there's some things going on with Flim Flam. There are. And I'm still not at liberty to, to give you a lot of details. My hope is here in the next few weeks we'll be able to kind of spill the beans on all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, there's some cool stuff happening. And there's some cool stuff happening potentially next year. You know, I told you guys I got a book of poetry coming out in the first quarter of uh, 2021. I got to get some things finalized here in the next few days and and get that thing into production. And it's different for me, but uh, it's very important to me. I want to get those things done. But, you know, I'm, I, I did not plan to write another Mississippi State book next year, but that, I'm, I may end up doing that anyway. And uh, there may, there's an opportunity that I have wanted for some time that uh, there's a story that I want to tell. And uh, we're kind of working towards that. And they're in negotiations now. And if that works out, then we'll have another Mississippi State book for you next year. But it'll be different. It'll be different than uh, Alpha Dogs and Stark Villains. The plan for the next one of those books, you know, the, the next one of those collections of Mississippi State stories, that, that's going to be in 2022. That's, so that's, that's the, the three-year plan right there, right? I'm going to finish up this year with the poetry book and maybe another Mississippi State book next year. And then, you know, the next in the Alpha Dog Stark Villains family in 2022. And then we'll see what 2023 holds. I submit that uh, we'll probably be revisited Flim Flam in some respects. I, I, I would just about guarantee you that. I would just about guarantee you that. And I know that makes a lot of people nervous and some people gleeful, but uh, there are just some things. There are some things I'm working on. Let's just say that. Listen, that's going to do it for today, man. Thank you guys so much for all your support over the years. And, and listen, when you share the boneyard with your friends, you're you're the best friend they have. And uh, it's really cool when you guys do that. I'll, I'll go scroll through my Facebook and I'll see you guys have shared an article or something I'm working on. And uh, many of you have asked, when is the next episode of I Am Steve R? You know, I do the uh, the recovery podcast. I, I didn't do one last week because of the holiday. And I've been so busy this week. I will get caught up over the weekend. And I had somebody ask me yesterday. Is in recovery and said, hey, when are you going to do this again? Well, I'm just behind. I've been busy, but I will get it done this weekend at some point. So so just hang in there with me for sure. Visit us at jeanspage.com. We are the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. Been very happy with that arrangement. And uh, listen, you guys have a great weekend. And uh, we'll have some fun things to talk about next week. And I uh, look forward to visiting with you then Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But until then, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.